We're going to start with a little question and answer. Who in here has a cell phone? Raise your hand. I think we got everybody. Now, how many of us have owned or still own a landline phone? Okay. okay, we lost a few hands on that. Now, here is a good one. How many of us have used a rotary phone to make an actual phone call? There we go, we've aged ourselves here a little bit on that one. It is surprising what new represents in the world of technology and telephones. And it's really amazing as to how far we have come. Simon Sinek, a popular modern day speaker and author on aspects of leadership in life, speaks on the law of diffusion of innovation. Let me repeat that. The law of diffusion of innovation. Now in simple terms, it says the following as it relates to new. It could be new innovations, new methods, new, you fill in the blank. He describes the following categories in acceptance of new. You have the innovators, 2% of the population. Those would be those people who are willing to stand for 48 hours outside the Apple store waiting for the new iPhone to be released. Then you have the early adopters, about 14% of the population, who they're not going to stand there ahead of time, but they're going to be there pretty quickly to make sure they are part of the new. Then you have, which probably encompasses most of us here, the early and late majority, representing approximately 68% of the total population. They're going to, okay, we're moving in that direction, I'm going to come along for the ride. And then as Simon Sinek describes, we have the last category, as he terms the laggards. 16% of the population that if they had their way, and if it was possible, they still would be using a rotary phone. Now, where do we stand with new? More importantly, where do the people of Jerusalem stand with new as it related to the teachings of Jesus? In Revelation today, we hear of this new city, the new heaven. In the Gospel, John chapter 13, the disciples are given a new commandment from Jesus. A great commandment. Loving God and loving others. Now Jesus then does not tell them to forget all they have learned in the past. He is simply looking to strengthen their knowledge, to strengthen their faith, to strengthen their purpose as they are going forward with a new vision. Now who were the innovators with Jesus? John the Baptist, 
the apostles. Who were the early adopters? Now, some researchers have estimated the population of Jerusalem at the time of Jesus to be at approximately 25,000 people. Smaller than the people. Now, if you think of the story of feeding the 5,000, that would represent 20% of that 25,000. Now, if we go back to Simon Sinek's The Law of Diffusion of Innovation, if you put together the innovators and early adopters, you come up with 16%. What was happening back in the time of Jesus is still happening today when it comes to the acceptance of new. Now stories have a beautiful way of bringing home meaningful points. With this in mind, let's share a story about searching for a new way, a new life. And it comes actually from one of my favorite movies, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Anybody have seen this? Raise your hand. We've got a few double hands up. Okay. Well, in this movie, if you're not familiar with it, Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford, is joined by his father, Henry Jones Sr., played by Sean Connery. Now, let's pause the movie button. Kudos to a casting director for putting Harrison Ford and Sean Connery in the same movie. Yay, that is a big time move. Alright, so now on with the movie. In this movie, they are searching for the Holy Grail, the cup of everlasting life, the fountain of youth. And Indiana Jones finds himself, as he does in all his movies, in harm's way, having to navigate danger. And in this case, Navigating danger in order to save his father, to bring new life, to renew life in his father. And what he has to do is he has to go and retrieve the Holy Grail, the cup of everlasting life, fill it with water and bring it back to his dying father. And of course, he's got challenges to get there. And he comes upon this great divide with seemingly no way to get to the other side. As he stands there, he can hear his father in pain. And so Indiana Jones knows he must make a leap of faith. And as he stands there prepared to make that step, make that leap of faith, you hear the words being spoken by his father. You must believe, son. You must believe. Of course, Indiana Jones does believe. He makes the leap of faith. And he's able to get back and save his father, to bring his father new life. And this faith, this belief, 
was necessary as well for the apostles and all those innovators and early adopters in the time of Jesus. Because you know from all the stories, they were going to face some trials as they went forward in their life. And they were unsure as to what may or may not happen. And this same faith, this same belief, was and is necessary to withstand our doubts and the doubts of others. This faith, this belief, was and is necessary to go forward when we feel we are unworthy. And this faith and this belief was and is necessary for when we are weary. It is the same faith and the same belief necessary for each of us to move forward individually and collectively as a congregation as we take on our own leaps of faith. So what makes up our lives and how do we encounter Jesus allowing the love of God to embrace us and help us thrive today as we make our leaps of faith. This is where a little prop is going to come into hand. This picture, alright, starts with a belief that God is presented and around us. He embraces us in all our days, represented by this frame. And these pieces are our lives. It could be the new in our lives. It could be a new toy if you're a young kid. It could be that new job, the new house, whatever the case may be. Okay? It is finding a new verse in the Bible, learning that, and being inspired by it. And all these things are here to make us whole as one. But, if we think about Psalm 91, it says, it doesn't say, if the arrow flies by day, it says, the arrow that flies by day. It is guaranteed that we will have challenges each and every day. They're going to present themselves into our lives. And so now, how do we go forward with these challenges, we go back to our lessons. It has to be by faith. And so with that faith, as we look to do this going forward, we are able to, with the faith and belief of God, become whole again. And now if we're whole again, though, we're going to end up taking on more challenges. So much like the disciples, who after that last supper, were given that new commandment to love God and love others, we are also going to be asked to continue to find new challenges. We're going to be asked to continue to go forward in our lives 
when we're not sure of what the answer is going to be. We're going to be continually asked to go forward with leaps of faith. And it is that faith, it is that belief that's going to allow us, as we continue to do it, to continue to put our pieces together so that we can become Hold again. It is that continued faith, it is that continued belief that Jesus, as we will learn in chapter 14 of John, that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. And with this belief, we were able to allow Jesus, we were able to allow God to embrace our lives, to show us the new way. And in closing, I'd like to share this prayer. And some of you may notice the start of this prayer will sound very similar to the start of each station of the cross. So let us bow our heads. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. You have redeemed us. You have provided for us a new way. A new way based upon love. A love that is always there even when we doubt. A love that is there even when we have shame. A love that is there even when we are weary. A love from the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. A love to be received and a love to be given. A love of God and a love of others. Now and forever. And may all God's people say it.